Hey, hey, I'm Rebecca. This is a podcast for all my single friends out there and for anyone who's ever been single. Cue the laughs, life lessons, and all things love. Welcome to Dating in the Bay. Now, let's get to it. Today, we're talking about astrology and what's in store for us for 2021, which is upon us. It's so soon. And I brought back Tara Nichols, and you guys might remember our episode that we did a couple months ago, and it's called Astrology 101, if you want to listen to it again, or you want to listen to it for our first time. And Tara is an evolutionary astrologer, a yogi, shamanic practitioner, and a tarot advisor who is in awe of the metaphysical and esoteric secrets of the unseen world. She has over 20 years of experience using these ancient wisdom tools to help illuminate our paths. She's here to serve as a spiritual guide on how to fulfill our soul's callings. So before we get to Tara's interview, this interview was super enlightening for several reasons. First, you'll hear us talk about the age of Aquarius is upon us. It's like a 2000 year window that we're going to be in. And it's all about innovation, science, technology, breakthroughs. And it sounds like we're in for a treat. I, for one, am very excited for it. And also, it was pretty wild because after, so Tara and I recorded this episode a couple weeks ago, and it was the first night of the Gemini moon eclipse. And I only note that because she mentioned in the interview, she was like, uh, this is going to be a two-week period where lots of intensity happens, lots of big decisions, and it's kind of just like a big burst of energy and propelling forward, like momentum kind of. And I kid you not, I made a joke in the, when I was talking to her, I was like, oh, so there's going to be a lot of breakups. And literally, I kid you not, I mean, it's not a formal breakup, but 12 hours after that episode, we recorded it together. The person I'd been talking to the past couple of months abruptly out of the blue ended things. (laughs) And I mean, I'm laughing now. I'm pretty bummed out, but there's nothing I can do, obviously. But I've been, besides feeling my feelings, feeling disappointment, rejection, sadness, mourning of sorts. But I just thought it was pretty crazy that the timing is just pretty wild to me. And it reminded me about just the resiliency of the human heart. Uh, The past couple weeks, I have been feeling my feelings, like I said, and that the human heart as a muscle, it withstands so much. Like we feel all this pain and then we do it all over again and then we keep doing it. And I imagine it's like childbirth where you go through all this pain and then you have this miracle and then enough time passes and then you do it all over again. And uh, I think that's kind of how dating sometimes is where you ride the highs, but then the lows are low. But that also, it's a good reminder that I am a person. <laughs> and uh, it's also been a good reminder for me about how to reframe rejection. So looking at it more in the lens of just managing my emotions and reframing rejection as kindness to yourself, self-compassion, self-understanding, and kind of get that goodwill. And also the fact that I know in my heart of hearts, like I am who I am. I'm not ever hiding who I am as a person. So when you show up as your authentic self, you leave everything on the table, which is, I think, a good thing. So also looking at rejection, not in terms of rejection, but in terms of like criteria and standards that you hold. So uh, looking at somebody, if they're making your life better, if they're investing in you the same way that you're investing in them. And using those kinds of standards, I think is a nice way, at least helpful to me, especially in terms of what Tara talks about, just that 
trusting the universe, trusting that things will work out. So I hope that makes sense, but I just thought the timing was wild. So I figured I would share my emotional, lull, vulnerable journey. Here is my interview with Tara. All right. Hey, Tara, welcome back. I'm so excited to have you back on again. Hi, happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, of course. So I know you said today is actually a special day about an eclipse. Today is the full moon eclipse in Gemini, which is basically like a triple full moon energy. And so basically what it is, it's like the next two weeks, the veil between the worlds has lifted and it's a high intense intensity, energetically, a lot of people are going to feel a bit more triggered. But it's a time when, you know, a lot of doors are closing, but then a lot of opportunities are opening up. I like to call it the field of miracles. And so it's like, this is a good time to ask for what it is that you want. But it happens tonight. We're kind of on the cusp of it. I think the East Coast and most of the US are experiencing it tonight. And then I think just after midnight, the West Coast is going to feel it. But it's definitely a time of questioning and gathering information. And Gemini has a lot to do with like making choices, like a lot of decisions are going to be up right now. But some of those decisions are going to be made for us. And it might be uncomfortable. But at the same time, it pushes us along our evolutionary path. So this is a time of just about kind of a speeding up I like to think of it kind of just catapults you forward on your path. So whether you are driving the train or not, you are getting pushed in the direction you're supposed to be going in. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that, that reminds me of my one of my favorite lines just in terms of dating is let go or be dragged. Yeah. <laughs> came to mind. Exactly. That's exactly what the feeling is because it's like, a lot of doors are closing, especially with full moons. They symbolize like endings and closures and that sort of thing, but also things coming into manifestation. And so if doors are closing and, you know, romantically, I would say let them. And, and a lot of times once those doors close, it's like there's no going back to where it was. But what happens is a lot of other opportunities. It's like keep moving forward. Huh. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Within a two-week period, yeah, there's going to be a lot of breakups. Well, it's not necessarily there's going to be a lot of breakups. It's just, you know, the next, in two weeks, we have the new moon eclipse, which is about new beginnings. So that could also be like meeting others and, you know, starting things or a fresh blank slate or that type of energy. But that one's in Sagittarius. And so Sagittarius is more of what we're releasing. So this two-week time, it's like, releasing old karmic patterns. And a lot of it has to do with like being right or stuck in your own mindset of how you think things should be or should happen and what the right way is. And so this is a time of trying to see the other's perspective very clearly and from a place of having a healthy curiosity. And it is both of these Gemini and Sagittarius rule communication. They're both communication houses. And so it's like, Communication is on the forefront right now. This is what we're all learning as a collective because the eclipses always fall in the signs where the nodes are for everyone, which the nodes are in a sign for approximately 18 months. And so we are feeling, you know, that energy of what are we learning collectively? And it's like, 
that we don't always have the answer and we don't need to push our agendas on everyone. And it's okay to try to understand the other side, the other person's perspective and open up to like a broader viewpoint. And it's like, ask questions, gather more information, have more communication so that you can really understand one another. I like that. <laughs> I'm excited for this two-week period now. <laughs> I do. I, I love Eclipse Energy because it's like, it's so powerful. And it's like, I think of it, it's like, this is a time for us to see, you know, that silver lining of what can be and why we are kind of getting pushed a little outside of our comfort zone. It's also a time where we can evolve quite rapidly and things happen so quickly and so suddenly that all of a sudden, many things that you've been wanting can manifest overnight. It's that kind of like magic and miracles type of energy. Ooh, magic and miracles. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So last time you were here on the last show, it was before the election and you talked about like there would be a lot of breakdowns and delays and basically all of that happened <laughs> as just as you thought. How have you kind of, what else did you see happen? Well, honestly, because we're entering eclipse season, I feel like energetically things are going to get very heated again. I know there's a lot of kind of back and forth going on right now with the elections. You know, a lot of states maybe haven't certified yet and they're going to court and all of these things. So I expect it to be pretty chaotic, actually. And I do think there's going to be a big pushback from people demanding to know what's going on and kind of wanting more of that finality. And so you know, these next two weeks, it's like, I think a lot's going to happen, but the energy is going to be very one of chaos. And it's a time of drama. It usually brings up a lot of drama. And so I always tell people like, the way you stay in your power is to find your neutrality. And so not being triggered, because everyone's going to be on high trigger alert, very agitated, it's not a good time to make decisions, although we are more psychic as in we can kind of see through the veils or pierce through the veils of the truth of what's really going on. At the same time, it's not really a time to make decisions. It's a time of observation. And also, yeah, everyone is going to be a little bit more triggered and more heightened and more drama and trauma. And it's like, don't get involved don't get mixed up. Just kind of say, that's yours and I'm going to stay over here. I, I like to personally stay home and stay out of you know places where there's a lot of people and that sort of thing because I know that I, I'm very perceptive to that energy and it is a very chaotic, intense energy. And so you know, just know that people are going to be more defensive right now and you know, relating that to partnership. You're going to be triggering each other. You're going to be pushing each other's buttons. It's definitely a time when I would say, let's just sit on it <laughs> and talk about this after the eclipse energy passes. You've got to have ways for that outlet, whether it's exercise or journaling or whatever. But how do you channel that intense energy that we're all feeling? It's like the timeline of things, it's like a quickening happens. And so it might be, you know, you come together and it's like within a matter of weeks, you feel like you've been together for a year, something like that, you know, where it's kind of like you're drawn together, but it can also be quickly on, quickly off. So it can be that too. But this is a time of like, 
destiny kind of coming together and being at the right place at the right time. And it's like, this is a great time to be looking for synchronicities and don't push against it, you know, kind of that let go or be dragged. It's like, if something is being brought to your attention, brought to your awareness, it's like, don't ignore it. Don't avoid it. Don't play into any drama of it. But at the same time, it's like, this is a time of closing a lot of chapters from the past, be it patterns or relationships or of all kinds. It's not just romantic relationships, you know? And so it's like seeing what's working for you, seeing where you need to break your own patterns of, you know, a lot of times we get in these things like I'm right and they're wrong. So I'm not going to talk to them anymore. And it's like, when are we going to let that go and understand that there's many different truths? There's not just one truth. So now that we're nearing the end of 2020, I read that it's, we're kind of moving into the age of Aquarius, mm-hmm. which is more exciting than what we've been in, I yep. think. Uh, <laughs> from my cursory, like, basic understanding, can you kind of speak yes. more to that and give us a little more color on yes. what we have to so, look forward to? <laughs> well, kind of that, you know, the 2012, December 21st, 2012, that's when we moved into the constellation of Aquarius, where we'll be for 2000 years. So we kind of began this new 2000 year cycle. And so what has happened is, well, coming this December, both Saturn, Saturn moves into Aquarius December 17th, and Jupiter, two major heavy hitter planets, Jupiter moves into Aquarius on December 19th. So we have two of these major planets who've been in Capricorn this last year with Capricorns like the heaviness, the patriarchy, the authoritative one, constriction, carrying the weight of the world, doing our work, getting focused. And it's kind of like a, it can be a little bit of a burdensome energy, be responsible, be disciplined. And it's an earth energy. So it's more dense, you know, it's more having to do with the physical world. And so what's happening is two of these major planets are moving out of Capricorn and into Aquarius next month. And it happens around, you know, mid-month. And so astrologically, this is kind of marks the true beginning of the age of Aquarius, which again, will be in for 2000 years. But with those planets in it, it's like it carries more weight. And if you think about Aquarius, it's the age of enlightenment. It's the golden age. It's an air sign. And it has to do with, it's ruled by Uranus, which rules, you know, downloads and sudden shifts, sudden changes, and it rules the higher octave of the mind. And so it's like, we are going to be able to receive downloads, but I think a lot like consciousness of the planet in general is going to speed up and there's going to be a lot of rapid changes. And even my prediction is that, you know, there's going to be a lot of scientific breakthroughs especially in 2021, but Saturn's going to be in Aquarius for two and a half years. So we're really going to be feeling this energy for two and a half years, but Jupiter's only in it for one year. So this is going to be a time of just technological breakthroughs, scientific breakthroughs. A lot of people might change their mind and be able to see things from a broader perspective. It's the Albert Einstein of the Zodiac. It's futuristic. It's ahead of their time. And so it's it's being able to solve the problems of today by kind of going outside of the box. It's a very break the mold energy. So the old status quo is no longer. So 
to me, it's a very exciting time because I do feel like we are going to be able to, you know, find solutions to the problems that we have today. So what you're saying is we're going to get the vaccine and then dating can go back to being normal, (laughs) not having to wear a mask on a date. Well, what I think it's going to be is like the way that we do dating there's going to be a lot of new things being invented that wasn't in place before. So I'm not sure how it's going to look, but yes, I definitely think there's going to be a vaccine because there's going to be all these scientific breakthroughs. I think we're going to understand a lot more about it just because, you know, that science minded research energy comes in, but also the way that we even connect with people, there's all these dating apps and that sort of thing, but it's, it's going to be such an inventive time that I feel like there's going to open worlds of possibilities for us to, to connect with one another. I'm excited. Yeah. It's like, we, haven't, we don't even, I can't even like figure out how it's going to happen. I just know it's going to look very different. I'm curious now. <laughs> Yeah. And then also I read something about how the winter solstice creates some intensity with the the and the eclipses and the equinoxes. So together, there's usually about eight of those days a year, including the equinoxes, the solstices and the eclipses. So those are the eight most powerful days of the year. And what's happening with this solstice is, A, it's really close to the second eclipse, the new moon in Sagittarius, which is on the 14th of December. The solstice is on the 21st, but also it's right next to, there's a conjunction happening, which is when two planets are sitting together, which means their energy is magnified. And that's Jupiter and Saturn meeting together at zero degrees of Aquarius. And so that is seen as a really powerful kind of that breakthrough, electrifying. And I will say Aquarius has kind of two major themes that associates with it. One of it is the awakener, So I do think a lot of people are going to wake up and become more conscious and be more involved in what's, you know, playing out right now in the world, but also it's the revolutionary. And so that revolutionary energy and spirit, I feel like is going to be magnified and especially with that eclipse energy, like that's why Honestly, this is going to be December is one of the most powerful months of the entire year. We've been building up to this intense energy, but I think a lot of things are kind of culminating with that. But that December 19th energy of Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius, it's like, it's kind of like that dawning of the age of Aquarius, you know? And so it's kind of that energy shifts and it becomes a lot lighter. And what is the solstice? The solstice is the day, you know, it is the darkest day of the year but we're actually the most conscious. It's the best day for meditation. And this is if you're on the Northern Hemisphere, the winter solstice and the Southern Hemisphere is on June 20th, 21st, something like that. But anyways, it's a time for us to get really quiet because we are really psychic. We are really intuitive on this date. But from that day forward marks the light coming in. So it's inviting in that light. And what is light? We see it as knowledge. And Aquarius is information, but higher information and that knowledge and that broader perspective of understanding. And so it's kind of like inviting in the light, inviting in the knowledge. And again, it's just like the dawning of the age of Aquarius. And so that's the energy that this winter solstice holds. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. 
that makes sense. It <laughs> makes make one more sense. Mm-hmm. And after we chatted, I feel like it was a really good shift in my perspective or kind of how my mindset and outlook. And so I have some questions related to perspective, trusting the universe. So I know you mentioned karmic relationships. What are mm-hmm. those and like, how can people look out for them or manage them? Well, a lot of times you can tell if you have been in a karmic relationship with someone, depending on where your south node, because south node has to do with a past life and kind of what you came in with and, you know, holds information from your past life. If it's in your fifth house of romance or your seventh house of partnerships, most likely a lot of your romantic partners or a lot of those kind of longer term relationships, those are someone that you're bringing in from a past life. And a lot of times what happens with that energy is that you're completing old agreements, you're finishing old contracts that usually have nothing to do with this lifetime. It's completely something that needs to be wrapped up from a past life so that you can kind of have that completion and then move on. But the way that it feels, you can usually tell a karmic relationship by how it feels. It's usually you're naturally comfortable with them right away. You feel like you've known them for a long time, even if you're just meeting them. There's usually a pretty strong either chemistry or draw or attraction, or it's just like, I know you and I don't know how, or I know I'm supposed to be with you. I know we have some things that we're supposed to do together. A feeling that you have. But the problem is, is once the agreement is completed, a lot of times it's really challenging to let it go. And it's because you're holding on to those old contracts and hold agreements. And so that part of being able to release them and let them go is a lot of the work. And a lot of times I've not, I've seen this play out in relationship where they keep going back and they'll break up and then they'll come back around again. It's like, it's hard for them to just be done once and for all. Sounds like so many of the Gossip Girl storylines <laughs> that I've been watching. Is it because that they recognize them from the past yes. life that it feels so comfortable? Yep. It feels really comfortable and there's a familiarity there. And it almost, it's like, they're never sure if the agreement's done, mm. you know? And so there's always this, there's something more. And so that's why it's so hard to just let it go. And it's like, it is all done. You're just holding on to stuff from the past life. That makes sense. So going down that same line of uh, thinking, we talked a lot about like breakups and how to get over breakups. And then you mentioned about cord cutting. And I've been so curious. <laughs> Cord cutting is something we do also. I mean, it's well known, especially in like the shamanic tradition, which I've studied. And it has to do, you know, you cord all of your close relationships. And it's like an invisible imaginary cord. And it usually connects one person into another via the chakras. So we have seven chakras that go down our body. And specifically when it has to do with a love relationship or a romantic relationship, they're definitely courting you in your first and second chakra because those are like the more sexual, the more primal type energy. So if you are intimate with someone, specifically sexually, you 100% are courted to them. And so that makes it easier for them to kind of be 
energetically taking over that space in your body. A lot of times they'll also cord you through the fourth chakra, the heart, because that's that kind of love connection as well. So it's important when you're trying to let someone go or release them or break up with them that you do this cord cutting ceremony. And I like to use an obsidian dagger for mine, but basically it's an energy of You call them into you energetically. You call their higher self into you and you have this whole conversation where you tell them that to release you to you're done, ask for your soul pieces back, give them their pieces back, thank them, you know, for why, what they've taught you, what the relationship has brought you, but also tell them why it's finished now and it's complete. And then basically you cut the cords and you can do it energetically. Again, I like to use the obsidian knife because obsidian is a stone of protection. And that cord, that dagger, mine is actually from Mexico carved by the Mayans. But the Mayans, you know, used obsidian a lot just to have that protection for yourself. But once you cut those cords and you give the pieces back, then it's like you own your energy again and someone else's that partner is not overtaking your first and second chakra or even your fourth chakra, which can make it hard to call in that new partner. It's like you have to clear them energetically out of your space. And cord cutting is a really profound way to do it. Sometimes you'll have to do the process of cord cutting a couple times because they'll feel it. And a lot of times it's very common when you're cord cutting, they feel it and they call you or they text you right away. You're that energetically tied to someone. And so it's so amazing how that can happen. It's like they sense it and then they want to reach out to cord you again. And so when you are breaking up with someone, I highly suggest to kind of cut cords and and create separation and don't let them cord you again. And actually, I am making cord cutting kits. Oh, really? A little pamphlet that explains it that has the obsidian dagger from the mines of Mexico and Copal, which is almost like a sage or a Palo Santo, but it's, you know, what the Mexican people use to clear, clear that energy and clear that space. Also another kind of stone, which is selenite, which kind of brings up the, the energy, brings up the vibration a little bit more. And it's like the yin and the yang. Selenite is a white type of stone and obsidian is a black stone. So it's kind of like the yin and the yang and they help to balance each other out. Cord cutting is so powerful and definitely much needed during breakups or making separation with someone so that you can clear their energy out so that you can invite the new energy, the new person back in. Yeah. And then what you were saying about the energy, like I feel like more broadly that happens in general, right? Like you'll be thinking about somebody and then they call you. How does that happen? It's always crazy to me when it does happen. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Well, what it is, is like when you're connected with someone in that way, they sense you and you sense them more than we would like to admit (laughs) or more often, you know, especially when you're sexually connected or courted with someone. It's like when you cut off that kind of supply to the other, they sense it and they feel it and they want to connect again. And that's why you might have to do it two or three times before it feels like it's finalized because they'll keep coming back in. Another way people can cord you if they want your information, and this is just like friendships or random people out in the world, they cord you in the back of your head. 
because that's like the information atlas and access for where the information comes in. And so a lot of times I just go through and cut cords down the whole front and backside of my body, just from whoever I've been in contact with, just because like, you know, for instance, if I know information and they're wanting to know information and it might not be even in a harmful way, but it's just what happens. You end up courting them because you're like, oh, I'm curious. I want this information. I want to know what you're talking about. And, and it's like, it's that sense of you've got to protect yourself and you don't want to be carrying anyone else's energy. You don't really want to be courted by anyone. That's the hallmark of a healthy relationship. Regardless how close you are with someone, it's like your energy is yours. Mine is mine. Let me keep it clear. So you have to keep, you know, consistently cutting cords with anyone you come in contact with, basically, and especially the people you're more involved in, it's more likely that the cords are much deeper and there are many of them. So think of the cords with your parents that you might have. And so it's kind of like that making separation of I'm my own unique, independent individual. That you're literally getting rid of your baggage. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Purge of sorts. Mm-hmm. So then once you're lighter and you're kind of in this new free space, how do you kind of then pivot into going into the world with a new mentality? What's the next step? Well, I think you feel like that air of freedom and you're taking ownership for your space and your energy. And it just feels good when other people's energy are not in your space. You don't feel off. You feel very in the vortex. You fairly, you know, feel more at the top of your game because it's just you. It's just your energy. And so kind of carrying that out into the world, that's a very attractive thing because a lot of times we have all kinds of people's energy (laughs) trying to teach Mm -hmm. us reach us or attach on to us. So I just, I feel like you're a lot lighter. And so a lot brighter energetically, it's like people who do meditation, they literally look bright, they're brighter beings, because they've cleared out the mental energy, and the cord cutting is clearing out the energetic energy. And probably more receptive to like random opportunities, I would imagine. Well, yeah, you're attracting more, you're attracting, you become more of an, a magnet for attracting. And, you know, especially in the dating world, you don't want to have some ex-boyfriend's energy on you while you're trying to attract someone new, because that ex-boyfriend's energy is taking ownership of your first and second chakra, those mm. kind of sexual energies. And so you got to keep moving that out so you can open it up and clear it and be like, all right, I'm available. <laughs> I'm free, you know. So, but it's like, we don't realize that it's like, we're broadcasting out the system and, and people pick up on it. I think it's so important. I feel like energy and kind of what we put out there, it's like so much under the radar, like the subconscious, but it really does matter a lot. Even for myself, sometimes I don't realize I'm carrying all these things. And then I realize, oh, my shoulders are really tense. My jaw's clenched. And I'm like, oh, wow, I guess I am more uptight than I realized. That's just in the physical body. And it's like, yes, we do see that, but we don't realize we're such energetic beings. We pick up on the smallest subtleties. And a lot of it is the energy that you're giving off. And so what it is, is that Aquarian energy kind of is that breakthrough energy. And it's like completely switch it up, break the mold, do something completely different, do something really out of the box, really crazy, something you wouldn't normally do, but how do you kind of break up that pattern? How do you make each and every day new and exciting, whether it's just 
walking a new path or going to a new market. And it's like, you have to bring in that spontaneity and that, you know, making life more interesting because we are on a lot of restrictions right now. And so that's why it's going to feel really good. Also welcoming in this Aquarian energy, because it's like all that heaviness is lifted. And so it's kind of, it's, you know, it's more freedom. It's more people kind of saying something's got to change in a big way because we can't keep doing this. Yeah. I love that you said that too, because it's, it's on us to make that choice. Like we have to be like, okay, I'm going to change this. I'm going to do this instead, or I want to change this versus kind of being passive saying, well, this is kind of how it is. So I have to just deal with it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, and, and I think what it is, is more people are thinking outside of the box from a broader perspective, from something that's never been done because that's that inventive energy. Like, what do we do with this? We've not experienced this and how can we change it? Because this way is not working. All right. Thank you guys for listening to my episode with Tara. I'm linking all of her contact information in the show notes and you can set up a reading with her. I'm going to do another reading for sure. It's happening. And my dating hack of the week is basically to feel your feelings. I'm feeling a lot of feelings right now and that's okay. It's a good reminder that I have feelings, uh, not like cold hearted, <laughs> feel the feelings. And then also ride the waves when things are going really well and like embrace and remind yourself to enjoy those highs because dating is such a roller coaster and it can crash and then you get back out there. The resiliency of the human heart as a muscle is truly incredible. Thank you guys so much again for listening today. I want to thank Tara for joining me again. Definitely have to have her back on. And I want to thank Studio Pod for editing and publishing my podcast every week. And yeah, with that, I will see you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye.